you a night owl, then Late Night Love is a place for you. Since life is negative enough, here we discuss everything love, what we love, who we love, and why we love. So join us on Saturday nights at 11.30 p.m. Pacific Time, and please remember, love everybody. And welcome, everybody, to this week's stream of consciousness down the river of love that we call late night love. I'm going to have to watch some of those old WKRP things and see how welcome and see how the how Venus Flytrap used to do it. He had great intros to his things. Yes, he did. I remember that WKRP in Cincinnati. I remember yeah. that show. I yeah, love the, that show. The Venus Flytrap. He had they would they would cut to his intros, and he would have great little intros. And so I'm getting, you know, Welcome, was, my babies. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> Welcome, my babies, to the love. And he'd have night. candles was, and incense going. Maybe that's what we need. We need some candles and some incense. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I can't have stuff with strong sense because it kills my things, but I'm sensitive, which is so weird. Why am I sensitive to smell? You're and, a sensitive fool. You're yeah. a sensitive. You're a delicate flower. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't even make sense. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't. <laughs> we are here tonight. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. We're here for another trip down what we call late night love, where we spend some time in self-examination, learning how to love ourselves, love our partner, love the world around us, and you know, hopefully bring a bit of love to the uh, the strange times we are living in. You know, if enough of us try to put more love into the world. You know, we can only get more love into the world. You know, there's no way to do it but then to do it. Now is there. Put it out there. If everybody tries a little bit. A little bit. You know, just, just a little bit. A little bit of love over the course of time can, can move mountains. And I, can. I think that's what we're um, talk, trying to talk about today and tonight and we have to start a little fun before we get into deep conversation. I got myself into trouble recording these daily doses, which you guys will see after we record it one of the few times we're going to go re-record. record because you stepped in it, mister. <laughs> so. we're gonna, but we're going to do it. <laughs> screw it. We're going to do it live. <laughs> it was live the last time. You can go watch the recording of the thing. It's on there. Oh, my God. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we don't believe me. We did live stream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, well, I take my lumps. I, it's all right. So we're going to take them again because I have a funny feeling that despite the fact that now I know what not to step in, I'll find something else. because It's, <laughs> it's a love story. It is. Well, it's a lust story. This is true. Okay. So which maybe we should actually introduce the topic before we start topic, talking about it. So the I'm I'm going to introduce this one. The question was: Is Titanic a love story? And and the my answer was not really. No, there was no love involved there. That wasn't love. They were falling in love. No, they were falling in lust. 
she was slumming and he was pitching above his station and they all had a great time until the boat sank and he froze to death because she wouldn't put his ass on the door. They couldn't both fit on the door. They could have both fit on the goddamn door. No, they couldn't. They, they, were, they showed that in the movie. They could bang in the car. They could lay on each other in the door. No, there was too much weight. It was sink. It was sinking. Yeah, but you, I would have tried. They did. No. It's in the movie. It was a heartbreaking scene. It was a heartbreaking scene. I, well, first of all, I think we need to understand this is a movie. Because well, the whole part, the whole thing that brought the whole question up, is it a love movie, a love story, is because that's what she remembered on her deathbed. That's the story she was recounting on her deathbed. And it's like, who in the hell will recount that story on their deathbed? They're not going to think about the future of their grandchildren or any of that kind of thing. They're going to recount the story of the time they banged some guy in a car on a boat before it sank. She felt he was the love of her life. No, he wasn't. He was the love of three days of her life. Yes, he set her free. Did she really get set free? Yes, saved her in every way that a human being could be saved. How? I don't know. That's just a quote from the movie. That's what she said. Well, what happened to her after the, after she got rescued off of her board? She went on and became an actress. She settled down and had kids. She traveled. She had grandchildren. But what makes you think she wouldn't have done that anyway? Not if she would have gotten married to that lout. She was clearly a strong enough-willed woman to go to go slumming in, in, in a on a boat with the people from Stewart. He would have never allowed it. He was even critical of, he wanted to watch what she read. She was on a boat in a confined area. If he wanted to watch what she was doing, she could have, he would have been watching what she was doing. He clearly didn't give two fine craps enough to pay attention to her. Otherwise he would have been. Well, he said his, he said his, his, um, his personal bodyguard. To look for her. He wasn't going to go look for her. That's my point. She'd have bailed on him anyway. She'd have bailed on him the minute the boat landed. The first opportunity she had. That's what she was looking for. Her mother was guilting her. Yeah, but then she's What are we going to do? Make dresses? Yeah. You've been making dresses this long. You're going to keep making dresses. I'm going off and becoming an actress and all that other kind of crap that she ended up doing anyway. That's how he set her free. I'm saying she would have set herself free anyway because somebody else can't set you free. You can only set yourself free. He she would have found gave the... her the key and she put it in the lock. That's what we're calling that now. <laughs> <laughs> Stop it. You're so bad. It wasn't a love story. That's really my only point. It was a love story, and but you know, it's a movie. If, if she's sitting there at her, at her deathbed and recounting, says, "I wonder what my grandchildren are going to be like," uh, you know, and I hope everybody's fine, and I hope Jenny's, you know, Jenny gets over her her depression and all the various things that normal human beings will think about as the approach to the end of life. He wouldn't have a movie, so you know, I'm just saying. But, you know, from a movie standpoint, it's, you know, she's actually not, it's not a love story. I just don't personally find it. It's a lust story and it's kind of cool and all that, but it's not a love story. But 
you know me, I don't like it when people start falling off and smashing into rut into the propellers and stuff. I kind of have to turn shows off. I don't like that kind of thing. I relate too much. I get too empathetic, even the fictional characters on TV. I understand. So I'm that way with news. I can't watch the news. I probably should have never watched The Exorcist as a child. Oh my God, me neither. I was <laughs> 13. It scarred me for life. I was so God, if you were 13, how the hell old was I when I saw it? Jesus Christ. You must have been a little guy. <sighs> well, you know, but I probably saw it on reruns on TV or something. Uh, no, I saw it in movie theater in Denmark. My uncle thought he was being cool, taking me there. Well, 13 year depends. That's where you find out if you like horror movies or if you don't. I, oddly enough, I was just on a political game show earlier today, and one of the girls who was on the thing, and she kicked our ass, by the way. Um, Did she? Yeah, she kicked the living crap out of all of us. It wasn't even close. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking great. And so, yeah, so she rules the government again. Um, what the hell were we talking about? <laughs> oh, horror movies. She, she likes she likes uh, the classical horror movies. And that was her point. She says, you know, when you find out, was whether that's when you kind of find out whether you like that kind of thing or whether you dive into the twisted, wonderful world of, you know, watching mass murder or whatever the hell, mass masochism or whatever the hell that she said. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, this is true. You've got people who like that kind of thing, and you've got the rest of us who don't. And you know, no being judgy. It's just well, entertainment is entertainment. It's entertainment, right? I can't. I over-identify. Yeah, I can't. I can't read Stephen King, but you know, lots of people like him. You know, who's me? Who's for me to judge? It's I'm still afraid of you know things underneath the bed. So you know. <laughs> Okay, it's terrible. So I can't leave my foot off the side of the bed when it's dark outside. <laughs> Look, Grandpa gonna come reaching, grabbing you. Unless you got the blanket tucked around, and they have to, they have to respect the sanctity of the blanket. You won't respect the sanctity of your house, but they're gonna respect the sanctity of your blanket. That's the under the bed monster rules. I don't make it up. <laughs> Apparently, you do. <laughs> Everybody knows this. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna eat me if I get out of the bed. But as long as I'm under the blanket, it's fine. Little <laughs> big magical blanket, right? Yeah, ten ninety nine Walmart blanket. It's magic. <laughs> It's the sanctity of the blanket. Sanctity of the blanket. Because these <laughs> monsters have rules, they must obey them. Because that's how these things work. You guys are killing me over here. Okay, so we've decided the Titanic isn't a love story, it's a lust story. No, you decided. I said it's a love story. Yeah, but this is a dictatorship, right? Psh. <laughs> You must respect my authority. Here's your authority. <laughs> hey, hey. Hi. How rude. That was rude. And they can't even see it. Want me to do it again? 
I'll do it for the camera. You promise? <laughs> <laughs> Not what I meant. <laughs> but this is what I think of your authority. Jeez. You know, I do control the board. Let's see. If I turn it off, then I have to turn myself off and you know I'm a little vain to turn the camera off of myself. Because if you have authority, then that means I get some sometime and I'm never allowed to have authority. I'm not even allowed to have a whistle. No, I'm not giving you a damn whistle, but you can do whatever the hell you want. What more authority do you want need? No, authority over you to tell you what to do. No, hell no. I do what I want. See, that's not a dictatorship. When do I get to be dictator? You can do what you want, too. No. You just can't not, tell me what to do when I want. No, no, no. That's not how dictatorships <laughs> See, work. You're not the California government. You don't can't tell me what to do. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what was next on our list? When should you shut open? your mouth? About 20 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the next question. <laughs> oh, that's the next question. Uh, what time? How long have we been live? Uh, 12 minutes, 13 minutes, about 10 minutes ago is when I probably should have <laughs> shut my mouth. Okay. Wait a minute. You dropped from us from sitting here me crying because I'm laughing so hard to actually asking a serious question, man. That's not fair. Do we have something in between? Uh, <laughs> I can use playful history and self-analysis. Oh man. There we go. I thought that was kind of I saw that one. I thought that was kind of deep. I didn't think you'd want to go into that. Though. Well, at least I can start laughing. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I wanted to hear about this. Well, when you're self when you're engaging in self-analysis, it can very often be a difficult process. Because what you end up doing is you're nitpicking yourself to death. And it's necessary because you know you have to find out where where you like yourself, where you don't, which parts of your flaws you can accept, which parts of you have you, you know, the flaws you need to work on, what's the priority of them, and you know, you need to kind of continuously do this. But if you do that overly seriously all the time, you're gonna beat yourself up. You might, you know, no one's better at beating you up than you. And so you have to be playful with it. It's like, like comedians. You know, you think of it like a comedian. A very good comedian can go up there and, and give hardcore social criticism for an hour and a half and have people crying. They're laughing so hard while he's criticizing their cultures or their, you know, the flaws in the culture, the flaws in their, in society, the maybe flaws in their personality quirks, but you're rolling laughing because he's doing it in a way that is both deep, but connecting. We've become, it becomes a connection it's a shared experience it's this shared knowledge that yeah all right we're all kind of stupid and so in a sense you want to do that with yourself use humor and playfulness as a way to bridge the gap between the serious hard work that was required to become a better more fulfilled human being but part of being a more fulfilled human being is not always taking yourself so seriously, but still learning from it. 
And that's the trick. So you have to do it seriously, but it doesn't have to be brutal. Right. And so, you know, you can have some fun with it. You know, you can have, you know, I fail to meet my own goals on a, on a continual basis. Yeah, it's okay, but I stand up and keep trying. It's being a little playful. I don't mind getting dirty because I know how to stand up. You know, the joke I make is I don't mind the trips to hell because I know the way back. It's just a, a metaphor for, for being that I know how to self-examine myself, and so now I'm comfortable with the trip back. But it's, it's a metaphor for how difficult that experience is, but I have learned how to do it without brutalizing myself. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I acknowledge I can, go to, I can send myself to my own personal hell but I know the way back because I've been there enough times <laughs> that I've gotten that enough times. So now I'm comfortable with the trip. Mm -hmm. So I can joke about it. I've created a joke out of it, but it's also a serious, it's a serious topic. It's a serious mindset that, yeah, I know sometimes I have to take myself to my own personal hell to come out the other side, a better, stronger, more confident human being. And, but by being able to joke about it, is able to express it. I'm able to come on here and we're able to talk about it without becoming all morose and down and just kind of beating myself up for all the times I don't succeed in being the human being I am. And if you only take stock of yourself at the low points, and all you're going to see is your low points. You've got to remember to take stock of yourself when you're not, not at your peak, but during the climb. Take a stop. Take a breather, turn around and say, yeah, hey, I'm coming a long way. You know, the kind of... See the progress. Yeah. Acknowledge. Acknowledge your progress. Have some fun. Then you look up. You laugh. God damn, it's a long way to go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and sometimes you're going to fall. And, you know, well, that hurt. <laughs> it's going to suck climbing back up. But you do it with a little bit of laugh. You, you kind of examine yourself and you figure out how to not to do it again. Because it's a hard enough trip. Why do you want to make it harder on yourself? Really? You know, self-improvement is a uh, difficult task. And the habit is for us to be very, very hard on ourselves. And if we're not mindful... That can be a, a big pit you can fall into, and it's hard to get out of. Well, that's how you end up in those depressionary cycles. You go with good intentions of working on yourself, but you don't balance the self-criticism with realistic expectations. Okay. You know, life's funny. You know, life has barriers. And when you're in a downward spiral, small barriers become huge. And so you have to be kind to yourself. You have to acknowledge these barriers. You have to acknowledge that, wow, I slammed into that wall hard. That's going to leave a mark, a psychological mark. And it will. But you can't get stuck there. And you're going to have to you know, learn to laugh about it so it becomes a war story instead of a tragedy it becomes something you can laugh about over around a campfire 
type thing rather than something you have to continually go over with your therapist. You know, okay. I have enough of that. I, you know, I don't need to add to it. <laughs> so if I can prove preventative maintenance and go at these problems with the positive mindset, if I can learn to laugh at myself, if I can, while still learning, then you've done something. And so that's all when you're talking about using playfulness. It's just a reminder to, you know, be your own comedian, be a criticize yourself, but do it in a way that makes you laugh, that makes you lighter, makes your burden not as heavy. It's, you know, don't beat yourself up because, you know, who are you trying to beat up? You're beating yourself up. Don't do it. That's not being kind. No. Why, what, you're going to punch yourself in the face because, you, you know, it's... You're not moving as fast as you think you should be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Ask yourself before you're overly critical with yourself, ask yourself, is it worth punching myself in the nose for it? And if your answer is no, well then don't. Uh, and quite frankly, if you're, if you ever say, yeah, I should probably punch myself in the nose for it, then you probably hurt somebody else. And, and then you should go make amends. Hmm. Because then somewhere deep inside, you know, you're being a butthead. That's really the only reason you should think about being violent toward yourself is because you did something insanely stupid. And have regrets. Yeah, there's a regret. You feel like you should punish yourself because you did something. Now, you can be overly hard on yourself, and that's why you actually feel like you want to punish yourself. But... We're not a therapist. That if you've got, we're not therapists. If you're no. getting that deep, you call a therapist. There's there's something to, going on. Yeah, there's seventy five to a hundred dollars an hour. So find it, find loved ones to a a GoFundMe. Find your hundred dollars and go get a, a decent counselor. Because thoughts of harming oneself. Yeah, even if even if you know if it's an occasional thing, ah, I'm stupid. I deserve a punch in the nose for that one. You know, that's one thing. But if you do it, if if you're doing that on an occasional basis, you're having a serious issue. You know, it's one thing, oh, I was stupid. Some I deserve to be punched in the nose for that. That's one thing. But if you do that on occasion, or if you're kind of, go get some help, especially these days with the world so stressful and so kind and so uh, divided. So just be careful. I mean, yeah. I, I didn't mean to use that metaphor and go someplace where I didn't really intend, but no, but we ended up there. Yeah, I didn't intend to get that deep. On no, that. but we have to be careful. You know, we have to. We have to be mindful of who of who might be listening. Yes, you never know. Which, by the way, we actually got over a thousand listens now. What? Yeah. We need to celebrate. Ooh, all right. Sounds like fun. Okay, when should you shut your mouth? Is that the other one? Yes. All right, so now we can actually take it without me having to crack myself up before. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> we did it the last time, right, on the day when we did the daily doses, which is probably good for the daily dose because it made it funny. But 
when you say about 20 minutes ago, that's the same joke I used when we recorded it for the Daily Dose. Did because, we? Oh, because we recorded it one after the other, and I stepped in it. So about 20 minutes ago is when I should have <laughs> shut the hell up. Oh, yeah, now I remember. Yeah. <laughs> I used the same joke. But, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm lazy. It's been a long day. I spent two hours on it. Game show. Games. You've had a busy day today. Yes. And and we're not done yet. We have tomorrow yet to go. Yeah. I, yeah. But that's politics. We don't want to talk about it here. Okay. It's an event. That's all we need to say. I mean, we have an event to go to tomorrow. So it's not a relaxing weekend. It's been a busy weekend. Yeah. And it's kind of a big deal. I'm at a presidential event. So a candidate event. You know, the third party is still, but still, it's a. Yeah. And you're speaking. Yeah, I always assume I'm not until uh, they actually put me up there. Just because of the way these things go. And I don't play well with inside the party. Uh? Uh? The National Party don't like me for some reason. Gee, I wonder why. But anyway, that's sorry. That's where. Sorry, and we delved into <laughs> politics. So why don't you just shut your mouth? About, about three minutes ago. About three minutes ago. <laughs> well, I, the question is when you should shut your mouth. It, it, it kind of depends on the circumstances. But when what you say will cause more harm than good is a general rule of thumb to shut your mouth. And it doesn't mean you be dishonest. Because we never, we don't advocate that. But timing counts. You know, waiting until a more appropriate time. Now, if you keep pushing that appropriate time off, then you've got a different problem. But if someone has is having a really bad day, they're, you know, their boss yelled at them and they had a flat tire on the way home and, and they spilled coffee on themselves, uh, you know, that's not the day to, to give them bad news if it can be helped. Or not the not the day to lay something heavy on somebody. You, know, you may want to wait twenty four hours. <laughs> yeah. And so in that case, you may want to shut up. But the the other side of that is, if you've had a crappy day and you're on edge, you may want to learn to bite your tongue. You know, because your reaction may not be your genuine reaction. It could be a, a reaction based upon stress. You know, your body might be in part, might be in fight or flight mode. And so you give a response that you wouldn't really give. And so you can end up being unkind. And so in that particular case, that's when you want to be careful about what you say and how you say it. I think these are the. And it also depends, I suppose, when, what stage of the relationships you are in. You don't always need to say everything. I mean, it's 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 a delicate dance building a relationship or maintaining one, no matter whether it's a romantic relationship or a or a friendship or family issues. You know, these aren't um, universal values. Okay. Yes. Is the maybe I can't quite find the right word, but there's 
no rule of there's not even really a rule of thumb other than to you know mind your p's and q's if you know you're upset if you know your partner's upset be careful not because you're afraid if you're afraid then that's a different problem but because you want to be kind you know if you're afraid of upsetting your partner may have a different problem. Well, I that's my initial reaction. I don't want to upset you, but I know I'm being silly. I have to but I still have to work my way through that. Come on now. You know he's he's always listened to you. What are you doing? Stop it, you know. Yeah, and well the flip side of that is when I guess what you're talking about is when not to shut your mouth. It's how do you know when to when it's you know it's okay to speak. It's okay to talk to my partner. There's something bothering me. There's something deep that maybe in past relationships I wasn't allowed to bring up. And now I'm in a safe spot. I can talk about anything I want and and it's okay. There's no real judgment. There's no judgment. There's just discussion. There's, yeah. Yes. You know, and if things become a circular discussion, we know how to short circuit it before it becomes an argument because we're kind and compassionate and caring and we don't want to argue. No. And so we know what leads to arguments. We, we know that it's usually not actually the discussion that's the argument. It, it's, it becomes a circular thing and just builds up. You want to win rather than figure out what the heck is going on and a way through it. And so that's when arguments happen. I mean, discussions can get passionate, but they're still discussions as long as they're being productive. Something becomes an argument when they speak no longer are productive, when they're no longer valuable, when they're no longer moving things forward. Yes. And so as long as things are moving forward productively, then it's just a discussion. Maybe it's a passionate discussion, but it's a discussion. Yeah. And there's times when, you know, you maybe you want to short circuit those passions because no way we're getting too passionate. It's not an argument, but maybe we're getting more passionate than this particular subject requires. <laughs> <laughs> Time to take a break. <laughs> Let's go gain some perspective and we'll see each other later. <laughs> <laughs> Let's yeah. put it on a sh- we we've we haven't done that for a long time, but we we have, you know, okay, we're going to put this on a shelf yeah. for now. Yeah. We're going to revisit this at another time. This is not settled, but no. we're just going to take a time out here. Yeah, it's not, it's, you know, it's. It doesn't impact our day-to-day lives, mm-hmm. but it's still an issue. Yeah, there's some, and there's some issues that can't be resolved right away. So what are you just going to do? Continually fight about Continually it? Continually fight. Right. What kind of life is that? Yeah. No, I'll bring it up every freaking day. Yeah. Yeah. Why would you even want to live like that? I don't want to live like that. Yeah. That's, you know, not even the other person. Why would you want to live like that? Right. And if you do, if you're at that stage, then you should be thinking about something deeper. You know, if you're the stage where you need to bring it up every day, you're feeling the need to bring the same thing up every day because you somehow think it's going to do something. Going to do something. You've either got a bad example of how relationships work or your relationship is so broken that it doesn't matter anymore. And then that's a different discussion. 
you know, not every discussion is pleasant. You know, as much as we try to stay happy and pleasant here, you know, not every not every relationship ends in ends in roses. No, indeed. I've had a few of those thorny well, most thorns myself. Most relationships don't end up end up, you know, not working. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, you're looking for someone who you're going who you want to spend the rest of your life with. And it's, it's no longer in the days where you just need someone to to help, you know, scratch by an existence. You're in the days where you can scratch out an existence on your own. You don't technically need a partner to do it. It's easier if you have someone who you can work with and love and share and all that, but you don't technically need it anymore. Need it. I need air. I yeah. don't need a partner. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know how to get through life without a partner. But, right. But, you know, it's better with one. It's better with one. <laughs> yes. Despite all the complications, it's better with one. And it's not even close. And so, well, for me, I'm not making any judgments about what other people want to do. If you think single life is what's best for you, then by all means, have a single life. You know, it's not my place to judge anybody. No, each person has to decide. Yeah, what the hell do I know? I, you know, I can I can make decisions for my life because ultimately I'm the one who has to pay the consequences for them. And but if I don't have to pay the consequences for other how other people live their lives, I don't have any say in how they live it. Just don't hurt other people. That's kind of the only rule we've got around here. Is don't hurt other people. Right. Yeah, no one gets to do that. And while the helicopter goes, we are going to take our break because it's about time oh. for half. And we will see you guys on the other side. We're- So, what do we have left on our agendas today? Well, we have four questions. I've been looking at them. I was wondering which one you'd like to take first. No, which one you would like to take first. Would you like to be famous in what way? I would not like to be famous. Heck no. I like my anonymity. Thank you very much. There's a reason we call you Lubby. But... Well, so you can be anonymous. anonymous. Yes, there's a reason. I don't even go on camera, rarely, except when I'm being flippant. Yeah. Even though you technically are a public figure. Technically. Because you're you're the secretary of the local party. Well, if anybody wants to see me, they can come down to the Libertarian Board when we have a board meeting, and I'm the secretary, and I'd be happy to greet you and (laughs) Give you a, a literature and talk to you about the Libertarian Party. Come on down. Yeah, so that so you just kind of guarantee that most people are going to stay away. That's kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to hey, it was funny, man. You know me. <laughs> Would I like to be famous? Yes, but only for my hair. You are famous for your hair. Well. 
in my mind but come on in, in reality it's just the hair it, the, the world is missing out on the hair and so it would benefit you the whole world really great hair it would benefit the whole world see i've got it up today but see it would benefit the whole world to see it in its full glory and you know what's actually most glorious about the hair what i have to do absolutely nothing to do keep it as awesome as great as it is i just wash it every now and again and I can wash it with whatever. I can wash it with hand soap. It doesn't care. That's not fair. <laughs> I have to be careful. <laughs> I have to trim it. I don't know when the last time scissors touch though. So, so for all of you guys, if you want to make my dreams come true, make me famous, famous because of my hair. And we'll just be... The world will become a better place <laughs> because of the hair because of the hair how can it not have you seen them? this is what i hear at three o'clock in the morning people <laughs> this is what i have to listen to about the hair dan yes darling oh i'm just saying and have you seen just, yeah, not, just to get, not, to, not to get political but have you seen joe jorgerson's husband's hair no i haven't he's got great hair it's almost as good as mine. Almost. It's almost as good as mine. Well, he's like a rock band drummer. So, you know. Oh. Yeah, a hockey player and a rock band drummer. That's a much better, that's a much better uh, first couple than whatever the hell swamp creatures have been inhabiting the White House the last, I don't know, 70 years, 80 years. I don't know how far back we want to go. Anyway. Sorry, I didn't you know, just that was a diversion. <laughs> Can't help myself sometimes, man. Uh-huh. Uh, all right, so we got the uh Okay, you get to pick the next one. I get to pick the next one. I didn't put my glasses. Mm -hmm. Okay, I guess I did. All right. Well, let's get a couple of these funny ones out the way. If you could wake up tomorrow having gained any one quality or ability, what would it be? I wonder if this, you know, I want to go like superhero quality or we want to be realistic. Well, um, I'll go, let's go superhero. Come on. If I had one superhero quality. Yes. But I don't want a superhero quality. I just want knees that work. That's a superhero <laughs> at this point. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> I just want knees that work right. That's really all I want. Well, and I'd like my head not to get up. Right, so I'd like my superhero quality would be, you know, having a working joints and head and thing. That's all I want. Mm -hmm. It's very simple. Mm -hmm. Now, if I wanted to be funny about it. Being Superman would be boring. Um, reading minds would be tempting, but no, no, but I wouldn't be able to use it because I'm stupidly ethical. Um, <laughs> I couldn't even have fun with them. So, so, what's the point of having it if you can't even be fun with it? Um, <laughs> be like Frozone. Frozone? Yeah, Frozone. Like ice. Skid on ice. I don't like cold. I hate the snow. 
Ah, you're killing me over here. Maybe like the Flash or somebody might be all right. I guess. Maybe Green Lantern, but he needs a ring. I don't like wearing jewelry. I wish I had, if I had one more quality, I wish I had, I was more um, energetic, more of a, more of a go-getter. A bit more type A personality. A bit more type A. I am not. I just, oh, God. Yeah, I suppose maybe. But I don't know. I don't want to mess with the chemical reaction. That's a de delicate balance, you know? Yeah. I just want to just on a little more on that side. Yeah, just just a little more natural. Get up and get go. up and go. Yeah, yeah. I have to push myself. Natural more, a little bit natural more desire to kind of achieve whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can see it, but I don't know. The rest of the world would probably like that a bit more out of me. I'm not sure I would. Wanted to actually get realistic. Let's not get funny about the knees and stuff. If I want a bit more, if I could actually do anything, it's I would lose the anxiety disorder now. I want to keep the lessons I learned from having it my entire life, but I don't want it anymore. Mm -hmm. I've learned all that I need to know from it. It can't teach me anything anymore. It taught me a lot in a sense and so i've got a lot in a, in a strange way i owe a lot to it but you know i'm kind of done with it <laughs> <laughs> kind of had enough i'm tired of the randomly random bodies deciding it's fight or flight mode and you're going i ordered a hamburger what do you want from me yes <laughs> I just want to eat my hamburger. Why Why are you pretending I'm going to die? You know, the mind knows, but the body thinks. And unfortunately, when the body thinks you're in fight or flight mode, eventually the mind will follow if you don't short circuit it. So, yeah. That's the real danger. And that's what a lot of people who have anxiety disorders don't understand. Their body gets into fight or flight, uh, and they don't understand it. And, and the next thing they know, it start. It gets into their head. Their head starts believing they're they're in danger, and then you build the thought patterns. And it's that thought pattern that's insanely hard to break. So that's why it's so important to to teach them early about what it is. If there's one gift I gave my daughter. It's it was that it was that knowledge of what that actually was, so she didn't have to be tortured by it. She could put it in its proper place. She didn't create that secondary thought process. She still gets the the anxiety thing, but she didn't create a secondary feedback loop. Yeah. She still has to deal with the anxiety disorder, but she doesn't have to deal with the you know essentially self created trauma. Anyway, what the hell are we talking about? How did we get to that from that ability. ability? That was awfully deep for finding a, a kind of a superhero-ish type ability. Good Lord. For what in your life do you feel most grateful? 
Let's see. Hold on. Say which one of these you want to answer. What time is time we got? Seven minutes. No, we actually got 22 minutes because we got to go till uh, one hour 15. Why? Because we had a 15 minute break or 10 minute break. Was it 10? It was a 10 minute break. It was more like 10 minutes. Yes, it was a 10 minute break. So it's a one hour 10. All so, right. All right. So anyway, as we do our production, meet our production line. So we've got, all right, we got time for two. Okay, so we've got time for both of them. Let's do grateful at the end. All right. Um, name three, this one's for you. Name three things you and your partner appear to have in common. We are very honest. We um, are committed. This is what we really wanted. We work hard at it. Um, and love of family. Our family means a lot to us. Okay, we work hard on ourselves. Both of us work hard on becoming better selves. Uh -huh. And, you know, why we do it. I, we both actually do it for the same reason, but that's not kind of a superficial and we both kind of do it because it makes not just for ourselves because we do it for our loved ones. It's not just myself that I try to improve every day. It's, it's for the our loved ones and our community and you know, all that kind of crap. Yes. So, you know, that's, that's one of the things we find in common. We, we like to laugh all day long, which for me is a, is a you know, really good thing because <laughs> Because otherwise I'd be in real trouble <laughs> if you couldn't stand the fact that I have lame jokes kind of all day long. It would, yeah, I'd, yeah, it just wouldn't work. So it lights up my life. <laughs> so some of them, every once in a while, it's constant. I can't keep up with all of it. But every once in a while, one of them, yeah, a really good one will rip one off. <laughs> Cracks me up. <laughs> Volume. I go for volume. <laughs> yes, there's a lot of it. There's a lot of it. There's a lot of it. Yeah, so the fact that, you know, it, it works, the fact that we enjoy that is, and that we're, we're compassionate. Yes. We both show our compassion, not just towards each other, but to the kind of the world and to ourselves and, and to our families and that whole. And we swear those kind of three qualities are in common because those are the you know, kind of the three biggest things I need. And so, of course, those are the qualities that I'm going to search for. And I suspect it kind of works the same way. Those are the three qualities you need. And so the reasons why they are the ones that, for you, are the ones we have in common. But as you notice, we both named three different things. Yes. But all six are true. Yeah. So the same. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. We didn't see the same things. Well, the you know the top three things. We weren't the top same top three, but you know, doesn't have to be. We don't have to share the same top. You know, our priorities, priority lists don't have to match. But the exact the priority list doesn't have to match as long as the list is the basically list is the same. <laughs> yeah, the God. order doesn't have to match as long as the yes. list is the same. 
What? You think I'm going to give me shit? No. I think you're getting any crap over it. I was just saying it's interesting. I just found it interesting that we didn't have any of the same. It was just interesting. It wasn't a comp. It wasn't neither. I hadn't even thought about that. I just found it interesting that we both had three different things. Uh, uh. I just found it compelling. That's, you know, that's a fairly deep concept that we, you know, we both chose three different things. And if you kind of put a therapist, you know, psychologist hat on it and kind of dig through, it makes sense. The things you need, the things I need to be most fulfilled are, you know, the top three things. Are the top three. Yeah. Because if I had to put a cap on my humor, I wouldn't be who I am. As goofy as could it, how could you put a cap on exactly. your humor? You can't do that. You try sometimes and you can't. Yeah. Yeah. But you also put up with my quirks. Like you can't take me into like a Whole Foods shop. Or I was just thinking about that. <laughs> you can't take me there. Because my humor. Well, well, you're good until you come up and start humming Mary singing, Mary had a little lamb in my ear, and I know it's time to get the flock out of there. <laughs> oh, I'm done. I'm done. I'm out of here. Let's go. Check out. Ding, ding, ding. Who's open? We got to go. Because it's going to start. You would shut your mouth for as long (laughs) as you were gonna. Well, well, it's like the gluten-free hand sanitizer was one thing, but when they sold gluten-free water, I just couldn't take it anymore. I just couldn't take it. I saw the gluten-free hand sanitizer. I go, well, who the hell's eating hands? You know... And you know, it was just kind of okay, what a fine, whatever. And then you turn around, you look at the water, they wouldn't. Oh, son of a. And <laughs> <laughs> I don't even got take you in there anymore. You notice we haven't gone in there in months. It's been a long Well, no one's been in there in months. Well, I suppose they've still been open, haven't they? Yeah, of course they're still open. But anyway, yeah. but I don't take you in there. Anything, uh, anything considered natural, or I don't mind it being or, natural, organic. It's or, the, I can't take you anywhere near. I don't it. mind the natural and stuff. I don't mind the organic stuff. Knock themselves out. It's no skin off my back. It's gluten-free hand sanitizer and water and that kind of stuff. And who the hell's eating hand sanitizer? And there's no gluten in water to begin with. Why the hell are they having to market it as gluten-free hand sanitizer? What the hell is wrong with these people? Anyway. Uh, uh, It's freaking uh. water. How is there gluten in water? It's like saying, hey, this is milk-free orange juice. Yeah, no shit. It's orange juice. (laughs) Milk-free orange juice. (laughs) I'm just saying, it's, it's, it's that kind of stuff. You know, it's bad enough when you get it in the regular stores, but when you go into the organic things and everybody thinks they're all claiming to be more honest and things, and then you just gluten-free hand sanitizer and water. And I just, I, I, <sighs> Can't take you. 
Okay. For what in life do you feel most grateful? As we kind of end the show on a final topic here. Most grateful. My loved ones. Really. My loved ones. I'm so blessed. Mm -hmm. But, you know, on a, on a larger, larger scale, I looked at this and I was sitting here thinking, I'm grateful I'm an American. I was born and raised here and and I'm free to move about the planet and um yeah it's a cosmic roll of dice you know yes wearing i chat with a lot of people and there are countries that are not doing so well um in the virus it's not good and uh it's very scary. Yeah. Well, it's the, you know, many of these places where healthcare is scant to begin with, they're, you know, those are the places that have trouble with these kinds of things. Yeah. So that's, that's always sad. I'm grateful for my health, not gonna wood. I'm grateful, oddly enough, for the generations of family. The fact that we have a long-standing family ethic of taking care of family, and that you know, I didn't not just because it benefited me, but because it, which it has in unspeakable ways, but because it gave me something more important than themselves pass on to my children something bigger a thought a philosophy towards life a you know something that life isn't about them it's about their grandchildren and their great-grandchildren and they all kind of view that even as their young selves before they're even 30 they kind of have that perspective at such a young age and the fact that you know we had that instilled in them because life could have gone completely differently. A small change in life ends up a vastly different place. And that generational ethic, family ethic, and it didn't just rescue me, it rescued my children, which means it rescued my grandchildren. All that that follows, there's the ripple effects of that are impossible to know. You know, it's all my children included. It's not just, you know, it's all my children. Even the ones I kind of picked up later in life. You know, there was the one we had here for nine months. After her, you know, she needed some place to stay yeah. after graduation. We had a soldier here. You know, our adopted soldier was here for for a year. This place has rescued many people. The ripples across the quite literally the country. The positive ripple effects of that, you know, are unknown 
There's, it can't be quantified. It's impossible to it's quantify. Impossible to know. It's impossible to quantify it. But if it hadn't been here, those ripples would be much different, and most likely much worse. And so the love, caring, and understanding of specifically my grandparents and then the generations that have followed are rippling through quite literally space and time in ways that he couldn't have imagined. And I was grateful for the opportunity. And, you know, I, it's, I, I hope that, you know, the efforts I try are make it all worth it. You know, there's parts of me that are that are vulnerable and ethical and all that, and it's all true. But, you know, there's parts of me that aren't as good as I would like to be. I probably should be a bit more type A personality, but I'm not. And that generational kindness, shall we say, has allowed me to do it. And I've hoped that that we have been able to repay that, pay it forward, so to speak, into the world in ways that can't be measured. And I think that's what we should be leaving the show with, that, you know, if we can leave the world a better place in ways that can't be measured, is there a way to express love any more than that? You just make the world a better place with nothing expected in return have no idea what it's going to look like whenever it rolls up on the foreign shore but you know it's going to be better because you did it with love you stepped carefully kindness and compassion and I think that's uh, what this world needs right now all of us to just start being a little more kind a little more compassionate not just to each other, not just to other people, but to ourselves. Because the ripples of that extend far, farther. No, 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 I can speak. Will extend much farther than all of us know. Thank you for spending your evening with us. I'm Jazz. That's Lobby. You can catch us at latenightlove.us and catch all the podcasts there and we will be updating that after November um, we do have a guest on Wednesday I believe 10 o'clock love 10 o'clock uh, Eric Martinez of the podcast practicing symbol oh my god would you say that one please symbolism good lord I'm going to have to practice that for this weekend Practicing well, symbolism. <laughs> practicing symbolism. We'll be here with us on Wednesday for a special. So, kind of please join us for that. It should be interesting. You can go check them out on as uh, Anchor FM or Spotify page. You, you can look them up. You guys are smart. Um, we'll find a link. We'll post it for the show. We'll post it. We'll post the show early. So please join us there. 
Um, please look out for our daily doses. We do our we post them every day on our uh, podcast page, and then a week later we make we turn them into videos so they can go on to Facebook and YouTube. And the videos are just pictures of scenery we happen to have laying around. There's nothing special about any of them. We don't even choose which ones to put up based upon <laughs> I literally just throw random you just throw random <laughs> pictures up man sorry maybe in November I'll start paying more attention to that kind of stuff but I doubt it, it. <laughs> I love you all thank you for joining us thank you for taking the time please remember to love everybody and we are uh, out of here. Good night. See you next week. Bye. Oh, wait. Do we want to try 1030 next week? Let's try 1030 next Let's week. Let's try 1030. Next week. We'll see how that one goes. So okay. Sounds good. We're going to go 1030 next week. We'll leave a message on the webpage or something. Good night. We love you. Love everybody. Thanks for listening.